Luke chapter 22. Luke's Gospel, chapter 22. One mind. Luke 22, verse 7. It's where we want to read. Then came the day of unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare us the Passover, that we may eat. And they said unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare? And he said unto them, Behold, when ye are entered into the city, there shall a man meet you, bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house where he entereth in. And ye shall say unto the goodman of the house, The master saith unto thee, Where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he shall show you a large upper room furnished. There make ready. And they went and found as he had said unto them. And they made ready the Passover. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, we... Thank you tonight in this season of thanksgiving for all of your blessings to us. We are blessed beyond any way that we can possibly measure or even understand. We thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, for your grace, for the great love wherewith you loved us. And Father, we pray tonight that as we look into your word, that you would show us things from this passage of Scripture and bring to our hearts things that we should be very thankful for on this Thanksgiving Eve. We pray that you would bless us as we remember you, as we gather around your table and remember your death Another opportunity to do it until you come. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight on this Thanksgiving Eve, and as we remember the Lord, we want to think about these verses for just a few moments. We find this same account in Matthew and Mark. Mark's account is almost identical to Luke's. The primary difference being that Luke identifies the two disciples that Jesus sent. It was Peter and John. And so in verse 8, the Lord tells them what he wants them to do. He wants them to go and prepare us the Passover that we may eat. And Peter and John asked the Lord a very logical question. Where wilt thou that we prepare? And beginning in verse 10, the Lord answers their question. And he said unto them, Behold, when ye are entered into the city, there shall a man meet you bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him 
into the house where he entered in. Now, you can't read these words without being struck by the detail. And we want to think about the message tonight that is in these details. The message that the Lord has for you and me in this hour. The Lord Jesus said there was a man that would meet Peter and John. Now, this is the Passover. Think of how many men were there in the city of Jerusalem. Thousands. Perhaps hundreds of thousands. The city was full of them. But notice that the Lord didn't leave it up to them to choose the man that they were to follow. There was a specific man who would meet Peter and John in a specific way that they would know that he was the right man. They would know that he was the man they were looking for because he would be bearing a pitcher of water. That was the man they were to follow. We want to think about this man and this pitcher of water for a moment. Who was he? Who was he? We don't know. He is unnamed. And I think that gives us a hint as to who this man symbolizes. Keep your place here and turn over to John chapter 16, if you will. John chapter 16. John chapter 16 and verse 12. The Lord Jesus says to his disciples, I have yet many things to say unto you. But ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. Now, notice these next words. For he shall not speak of himself. He shall not speak of himself. The thought that I would suggest to you is that this unnamed man is. A picture of the Holy Spirit. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is not to speak of himself. His ministry is to not glorify himself. His ministry, as we see in verse 14, is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. And this ministry of the Holy Spirit is pictured to us in the Old Testament. In Genesis chapter 24, we won't take time to turn there but you remember in Genesis chapter 24 that it's it's the account of a bride for Isaac and in that chapter we have Abraham a picture of God the father who sends forth his unnamed eldest servant a picture of the Holy Spirit To find a bride for Isaac who is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you read through Genesis 24, you find this unnamed eldest servant not speaking of himself. You find him talking over and over about his master, Abraham. 
He describes himself as Abraham's servant. And he speaks of the riches of his master. And he speaks of Isaac being the heir of his father's wealth and how Abraham has given to Isaac all that he has. That's exactly what we see here concerning the Holy Spirit. He shall not speak of himself. He shall glorify me. And so this man in Luke 22 and verse 10, in this man I believe we can see a picture of the Holy Spirit. And then the Lord Jesus said this man would be bearing a pitcher of water. Bearing a pitcher of water. Water in the Bible is a picture of the Word of God. And we see that pitcher of water, if you will, here in verse 13. Notice the words there. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he has spoken. The Holy Spirit has spoken through the holy men of God as he moved them, as he inspired them, as he gave them his word. This is the picture of water that he bears. And he works through that pitcher of water. He works through the word of God. We see that the very first time that he's mentioned in the Bible. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2 we read, And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And the next thing that we see in verse 3 is, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. The Spirit of God moves upon the waters of the Word of God just as He did in the beginning to convict men of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 6 that what happened in Genesis 1 verses 2 and 3 happens in the hearts of men today. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. He shall not speak of himself. He shall glorify me. Notice here in verse 13 that the Lord Jesus says of the Spirit, He will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. He will guide you to the Lord Jesus, the one who is the truth. He will guide you to the Word of God living. And He will guide you to the Word of God written. The Word of God written is the truth. The Lord Jesus said in John 17 and verse 17, Sanctify them through Thy truth. Thy Word is truth. The Word living and the Word written are one. And this is where the Holy Spirit guides us. To the truth. Now, we want to think a little more about this pitcher of water. This pitcher of water. Because there's such treasure to think about in those words. There's so many things that come to mind. 
It was no doubt a pitcher of clay. The pitcher of clay speaks to us of the Lord Jesus. Of his coming into the world. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Lord Jesus was fully man. The pitcher, if you will. And he was fully God. The water of life was in him. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And this pitcher of water is the message of salvation. Let's go back to Luke chapter 22, if you will. In this chapter, as we'll read, the Lord Jesus is instituting this remembrance feast that we're observing tonight. And notice what he says in verse 19. And he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them saying, This is my body which is broken for you. The Lord's body was broken. The pitcher of clay that contained the water of life was broken on the cross of Calvary. In John chapter 19 and verse 34, John tells us he was an eyewitness there. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side. And forthwith came there out blood and water. The water of life. And because the Lord's body, because his pitcher of clay was broken, we have the invitation that whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. The water of life that flowed from the broken body, the broken pitcher of the Lord Jesus. And this man bearing this pitcher of water, we see the work of the Holy Spirit here in the world. He moves on the face of the waters of the Word of God. He shows us our condition. He shows us that we are without hope and without God in the world. And he shows us the Lord Jesus. And God commands the light to shine out of darkness. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And we hear the Lord Jesus say... If any man thirst, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. When we trust the Lord Jesus as our Savior, he pours into us the water of life. His Spirit. His Spirit. And Paul describes that this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. 
He said, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Think about that. If we know the Lord Jesus as our Savior, we are pitchers of water, if you will. He's poured the water of life into us. He has given us His Spirit. Out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. The Spirit which they that believe on Him should receive. And so we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And Paul says in the rest of that verse that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. How can the power be of God in our lives? The answer to that question is this. The power can be of God in our lives when we allow this man, the Spirit of God, to bear us. These earthen vessels of water. We allow Him to bear us as He's bearing this pitcher of water here. We allow Him to control us. We allow Him to work in us both to will and to do of His good pleasure. That's how the power of God, that's how the excellency of the power can be of God and not of us in our lives. We see something else in this pitcher of water, something that we've already mentioned. It's the Word of God. Folks, this is our pitcher of water right here. This is our pitcher of water. Notice again verse 10. And he said unto them, Behold, when you are entered into the city, there shall a man meet you, bearing a pitcher of water, of water follow him into the house where he entereth in there's another point in this verse that is connected to this picture of water being a picture of the word of God and I think it's one that's very critical the only man that we are to follow the only man that we're to follow is a man who is bearing Please notice that word. The only man that we are to follow is a man who is bearing this pitcher of water. The Lord said you're to follow him. This man who is just is bearing this pitcher of water. Not adding to the water. Not trying to add something to the pitcher of water. Not trying to take something out of the pitcher of water. Follow the man who is bearing this singular pitcher of water as it is. As it is. It's complete. It's perfect. It doesn't need to be added to. It doesn't have it, need to have anything removed from it. The singular pitcher of water that we're thinking about here is the King James Bible. The Word of God that has not been added to or taken away from. And any man who is not bearing this pitcher of water is not to be followed. Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 20. To the law and to the testimony. 
If they speak not according to this word, it's because there is no light in them. And they are not to be followed. Now notice in verse 10 where this man bearing a pitcher of water led Peter and John. He led them to the house. The house. Not a house. He led them to the house. Where the Lord Jesus would come. Where he would sit down with them, where he would meet with them, where he would feed them. The house in the Bible is a picture of the local church. And Peter and John asked the Lord a very critical question in verse 9. Where will thou that we prepare? Not, Lord, we'll go pick out a place. We'll go pick out the best place that we can. And that's where we will prepare. Maybe it's a place we'll be incredibly comfortable in. But we'll pick the place. No, no. Where will thou that we prepare? When they asked that question, the Lord led them by his spirit by this man bearing a pitcher of water to the exact house where he wanted them to go. He's still doing the same thing today. If we are willing to ask the same question, where wilt thou that we prepare? Where wilt thou, Lord? Where wilt thou that we meet with you and fellowship with you and grow in you so we can go out and serve you? Where is that place? If we ask that question in sincerity and truth, the Lord will always answer the same way. He'll answer exactly as he did here. Behold, when you are entered into the city, there shall a man meet you, bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house where he entereth in. That's how we find the house. That's how we find the church where the Lord wants us. Verse 11. And ye shall say unto the goodman of the house, the master saith unto thee, where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he shall show you a large upper room furnished. There, make ready. And they went and found as he had said unto them. And they made ready the Passover. In verse 11, we see the goodman of the house. The goodman of the house. The Lord Jesus is the goodman of the house. He said in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 20, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And this house, the local church, we see an interesting term here. The guest house, the guest chamber. This house, the local church, is a guest chamber. 
And a thought that comes to mind as to why the Lord would refer to it that way is because we're to be strangers and pilgrims here in this world. Guests, if you will, in this world. We're just passing through. We're looking for a permanent home. We're to be like Abraham, and we're to be looking for a city that hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. Another thing that the word guest chamber brings to mind is that when we gather in this house, the Lord is the host. The Lord is the host. And His desire is to meet with us. He's here at every service. He never misses. And it's an insult to the God of heaven to stand up the host. Not come every time that the doors are open. In verse 12, we see that this guest chamber was a large upper room. A large upper room. That brings to mind two verses. Psalm 18 and verse 19. He brought me forth also into a large place. A large place. He delivered me. When we trust the Lord Jesus as our Savior, no more are we trapped by the confines of this world. He brings us into a large place. Place of deliverance. He delivered me because he delighted in me. The other verse is Song of Solomon chapter 2 and verse 4. He brought me to the banqueting house. And that's what this upper room was. It was a banqueting house. There were two banquets there that night. The first one was the Passover, as they observed it. The other banquet that night was the Lord's Supper. The Lord said that he desired, desired to have that supper with his disciples before he suffered. That banquet, observe his death. He gave thanks. Consider that. He gave thanks when he knew what was before him. He brought me to the banquet house. The Lord brings us to the banquet house because he went to the house of death. He went to the house of suffering and agony for us so that we could come to the banqueting house. Why did he do that? Song of Solomon tells us his banner over me was love. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And then we see that this large upper room was furnished, was furnished. There was nothing that needed to be added to it. It was complete. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 says, According 
as his divine power hath given unto us all things, all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. Paul talks in, in a number of places that we are complete in him. Whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken away from it. Salvation is complete. This, this, this banqueting house, this large room where he's brought us, is furnished completely. There's nothing else that we need to do. To him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. And so think about all the things that we see in this man and in this pitcher of water. There are things that we should be thankful for every day, but they are, there are things that we should be particularly thankful for on this Thanksgiving Eve, on Thanksgiving Day. There are things that should draw praise and thanksgiving from our hearts. Let's think about them. We've talked about the work and the ministry of the Spirit of God in our lives. We've talked about the Lord Jesus Christ himself and his death on the cross of Calvary. We've talked about his coming into the world. The the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And on the cross of Calvary, the pitcher was broken. The water of life came out. The message of salvation. That's what we're talking about there. It's available to whosoever will. We see in this man, in this pitcher of water, the way to live the Christian life. To allow the Spirit of God to bear us as empty vessels, or rather as, as vessels that have this treasure, the water of life in us. Allow Him to bear us. Allow Him to to move and to work in our lives as it pleases Him. We've seen the Word of God, the King James Bible. We've seen the local church. And then all that He's furnished for us in Christ. We ought to be thankful for these things tonight. Anew. And it's all because all of these things are possible because of what we read in verse 19. And he took bread and gave thanks and break it. And gave unto them saying, This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. The men will come. We will remember the Lord and the Lord's Supper.
of Eddie Ingram, he will ask the Lord's blessing on prayer. Father, we do thank you tonight so much for this great opportunity that you've provided for us to be able to gather ourselves together in this place as a church. Lord, we do thank you for the word that has gone forth tonight. And it has gone forth in spirit and power and truth. And I just pray that each heart here tonight received it with gladness. Lord, we do think of this part of the service as we take of this bread that you would let us truly enter into the remembrance of what you did for each and every one of us upon the cross of Calvary. How your body was bruised or broken for our iniquities and our sins. I just pray now that you would bless us and let us truly remember what you did for us. In Jesus' name we pray.
Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Jim Wallace will ask the Lord's blessing on the cup. Our Father in heaven, we're very grateful tonight to be here in this, um, your house, and to partake of this remembrance of our Savior, the Lord Jesus. And we thank you that he, he spilled every last drop of his blood the cross. It was a cruel a cruel sight to see. And the sin of man is a cruel sight to see too. And we thank you through the death and the burial and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ that eternal life is freely given to everyone who will just come to the house we thank you tonight for this and we thank you for the message tonight we thank you for each of your people here tonight and we just pray that this this meet this uh, ordinance here will just truly truly touch our hearts in a, in a way that will change our lives every day we pray in Jesus name
Paul tells us that after the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Our closing song should be found in your hymn book um, and the cover, and we'll sing 